A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Hugo Monnier and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. On this week's show, we welcome two of the East Midlands finest, Northampton Lock, Courtney Laws and Leicester Flyer, Talisa Vaani. Here's the best of rugby tonight insight and analysis from Ben Kate, Sarah Elgin, and our studio guests. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. well. Yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. How are you after the weekend? We obviously will talk about the game and all the drama that came with it. Yeah, yeah, a bit sore uh, Monday, Tuesday, but yeah, just about over it now. And we saw that nasty-looking cat on your knee um, yeah. on Instagram oh, and Twitter. That was that was pretty. That was actually after. Um, the scab got a bit infected, so it healed. Had to have the scab scraped off with a scalpel. That was fun. Oh, um, and then that was that was straight after. So yeah. Oh. Good being a rugby player, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, That's not, not pleasant, anymore. is it? That. No. no. That is really oh, not yeah. pleasant. <laughs> oh, really. That's good. Okay, so let's um, actually, yeah, let's have a chat actually about that because what do you make of like the artificial pictures as a player? And I quite like playing on them. Right. Uh, nice fast track and that, but um, obviously you get burns and stuff from uh, from uh, the tackles and. And what have you, but I, don't, I can't wear some. Some guys wear uh, Vaseline on their knees and stuff, but obviously lifting the line out, that'd be uh, can't really do that. So no. I've just got to put up with them kind of. A bit yeah. Okay, so let's have, let's have a question then from the audience. Anyone got a question for Courtney? Oh, you just happen to be standing right next to me. <laughs> That's convenient. Do you remember the question we told you? Mic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, Courtney. Obviously, you're known for your big hits. Yes. Uh, what goes through your head? <laughs> what goes through your head before you absolutely chop a ten in half? Um, I suppose the main thing is, can I get to him before he passes the ball? Um, not often the case, but occasionally I have. So, yeah, I, ju I just try and get them before they pass that ball. Surely you would have given you a better question than that had we given the question. <laughs> that was good. Thank you, though. That's brilliant. Because I was reading your injury list, actually, which is incredible. Listen to this, guys. Chronic groin condition, medial ligament damage to your knee times two, multiple concussions, ligament damage to the other knee, shin stress fracture, double shoulder reconstruction, and ankle surgery. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You broke a fingernail once. <laughs> I did break a fingernail. You got in contact. It's funny, because we were talking earlier, and he said, are you missing playing rugby? When you read out an injury list like wow. that, and, yeah, not at all. No, yeah. You had an off in the summer as well, didn't you? After coming back from yeah, I did, yeah. Well, I'd, um, I injured my ankle up in Scotland about three years ago, and um, yeah, it just continuously got worse. Um, got a lot of scar tissue in there, a few bit of bone fragments and stuff like that blocking my uh, my ankle joint, which wasn't the best. So got that cleared out, feeling a lot better now. Good, good. Where did it all start for you then, Courtney? When, where did you start? Um, it started when I went to Northampton School for Boys. Um, hadn't played rugby at all before then. I was 13, and uh, yeah, just thought I'd go to trials, give it a crack, see what happened, and really enjoyed it. Um, and then the coaches there 
uh, Paul Bryant and Norman Barker were, were unbelievable, you know, great coaches. And I've uh, read about Norman Barker, actually. Yeah. Because I read that he made you say a line when, when, when he was coaching you. He made you say, my name's Courtney Laws and one day I'm going to play for England. Is yeah, that true? Well, he, he said, he, I, I can't remember it, you know, very clearly, but I just remember standing there and him, him telling me to, to say I'm going to play for England one day and, yeah. Somehow I managed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, so I'll get him to say, one day I'm going to win the lottery and get him to do that. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, work, wouldn't it? Right? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so when did the penny drop then? When did you actually think I can make a career out of this? Um, I don't know. When he got his GCSEs. He was <laughs> 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 oh, uh, No, my GCSE was great, actually. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, no I, uh, I kind of, anyone that knows me now, I kind of swan through life. Um, taking every day as it comes and I, I kind of fell into rugby you know I got lucky that I went to that school and then got lucky I got scouted um, and finally you know got a contract put on the table and thought yes yeah, better than going to work you know? so, um, <laughs> it is but, that, yeah but no it was, it was good um, like I said I, you know I put in the hard work coupled that with a bit of luck and um, made it here. Well, let's see how Courtney and the Southampton Saints got on at the Allianz then when they took on Aviva Premiership champion Saracens at the weekend. We've got a stat for you here. Saris have lost only six times since moving to the Allianz and three of those times have been to Northampton Saints. And they were on course, Hugo, to, to do it again at the weekend. I mean, their intensity and their aggression at the breakdown was phenomenal. Yeah, the way in which I thought Northampton approached the game, the one thing you have to do against Saracens is match them physically. And for me, Northampton really had that. They just didn't give them anything. But they just upset Northampton, whether it be stripping the ball or just not giving them any real major platform for them to clear their lines. And that intensity carried her out right throughout the 60 minutes, and that was outstanding. Where they lost it was just when they just went over the top just a little bit. I'm sure we'll be talking about that a little bit later. But if you want to beat Saracens, if you want to beat the best, you have to be physical. You've got to get niggly, and we obviously know the result and uh, a few topical moments from that game, which I'm sure will be spoken about. Yes, which we will get on to. But, Courtney, why do you think, out of all the Premiership clubs, you seem to kind of trouble them the most? Have you just, as Hugo said, you just got under their skin? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, you know, a lot of it's psychological, um, and we're one of the few teams that can really match them physically and, and really take it to them, and it showed at the weekend how well um, that game plan you know, goes against against Saracens, but like you said, it's a bit un unfortunate at the end there to uh, to have a bit of a step up in discipline and um, and and lose the game. But there's many more games this season. Okay, so let's get on to the main talking point, I guess, of the weekend. Then Chris Ashton bite. There's no place for biting in rugby. Um, I think you know there is. There's a psychological condition called intermittent explosive disorder, which the rest of us called red mist. Okay. And what happens <laughs> is, and it happens quite a lot on the rugby field. And the reason is people feel injustice, little minor things that they know the opposition are going to get away with. I'm sure Chris Ashton's felt there that Alex Waller's sort of rubbing his face and, and got his hands in and the red mist's come down. And in my mind, he's clearly sunk his teeth in there. There is no place for that in rugby at all. Uh, I felt sorry for Chris Ashton with, his, with, with how they dealt with him with the eye-gouging incident last year. I didn't think that was a clear-cut case 
but this is and, and absolutely right that he's been banned. OK, so that was the first incident, but of course there, there was allegedly a second incident as well, which was, was thrown out um, in the hearing. My feelings towards Chris Ashton, he is a top bloke and people only yeah, see him 80 minutes really on a Saturday. Outside of that, he's an outstanding guy, but however, with his disciplinary record, and I completely agree with you, Ben, last, last year when he got that eye... That was an eye gouge and he should never have got 10 weeks. It was absolutely ridiculous. So this needed to be an isolated incident. 13 weeks for it, he needs to understand that people try and rough his feathers because he does have the occasional lapse of lashing out and whether it was a nibble, a bite, whatever it is, but a bite's but can a bite. He, can he control? Because the, the reason I'd say that is you know how many cameras are around the ground. You, it, it's, it's like when you do something and you, you get home in the cold light of day, you say, why did I do that? I, you know, if I'd thought about it, I knew I wouldn't have got away with it. So, so, so why do you do it? And that's going to be, you know, Obviously, Luis Suarez is going to be compared to him. He went off and, um, you know, and saw psychologists when, when he came to Liverpool. Liverpool had him going to see psychologists. It might be a case for, you know, the Saracens sort of go down that route as well. But as you said, you know, genuine. I know people don't agree. With how can he be a good? He is a good bloke. Yeah, he's a really good bloke. But just he gets this red mist occasionally, and it's not. I mean, although I backed him up about the the eye gouging thing, he obviously pulled Alessana Suarez's hair as well. Yeah. So it's not the first time he's no. overreacted to something. OK, so the hearing was last night, and I think they were, what, five hours, I think, they took to decide. Um, QC Philip Evans had to say this. Uh, he was the judge. He's having considered uh, detailed evidence. The panel concluded that during the course of Iraq, Chris Ashton bit the arm of Alex Waller um, at a time that Mr Waller was attempting to clear him out. Um, so Chris has had a 13-week ban. Um, lucky or hard done by Ben? For? For the 13 weeks. Should he have had more? Um, in the grand scheme of it, it's a long, a long time, but I think, you know, it, it is, it's more unacceptable than a lot of other incidents. I wouldn't have been surprised if they had given him more time and, and, and possibly should have done. I've been reading quite a lot this week about, um, you know, will, will this maybe push Chris Ashton out of... Of English rugby out of Premiership rugby now. I mean, what do you, what do you make of that? I don't think I don't think so. I mean, he's been provoked in both of those situations. Alex Waller's got his arm around his face and he reacted to it. I think, like what Ben said, he's actually just been able to control those emotions mm -hmm. and not actually react because, you know, I mean, Alex Waller over, obviously overstepped the mark as well when he tipped Jamie George and he could have got further than a yellow card for that. So it's not a case of what the Aviva Premiership is doing or anyone's doing, it's, it's within. I, I feel sorry for him because he's a fantastic bloke, he's a top player and can add a lot to Saracens and to England but this ban takes him through to December, his chance of playing the Autumn Internationals are gone and that could obviously have a knock-on effect that to the six people, are talking, you know, people from Saracens are saying there's a cumulative effect against Chris Ashton. Yeah. You know, they, they say it's, They're saying they is it one a, rule for Chris and then but another rule in Eddie Jones's mind he must sit there and go, well he chose not to go on the uh, Saxons tour. Um, you know, he, he, they just add up, and it yeah, could yeah. be that that factors yeah. against him when it comes to England selection, particularly if you have some England wingers that are playing particularly well. Did you feel, Courtney, at the weekend that the, the situations were kind of boiling over more than, than normal when you play them? Because it did certainly seem that, uh, like, you know, for us when we were watching it. Yeah, well... Um... The two teams got history. Um, we always front up against each other, and you know it's it's just a big clash. Um, and tempers flare. Um, things happen, obviously. Um, but I didn't, didn't necessarily think anything was out of control. I didn't see the incident with Ashley and Waller. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's all part of rugby, to be honest. And um, there has been a change though, because in, 
in the old days, and I'm not saying it's right, there was an element of self-policing. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you were doing something on your floor, I used to grab people's legs on the floor. I knew I was going to get a kicking, <laughs> but I thought in kicking they might stand up and we'd have a chance to counter it. And it's that, again, it's that sense of injustice that unless someone reacts, unless... So take the Chris Ashton Manu Tuolangi punch. Mm -hmm. If Manu Tuolangi doesn't throw the punch, then, then Chris Ashton yeah. wouldn't have been in trouble for no. barging into him. Okay. Now, in that moment, Manu Tuolangi's lost his head and done it, but so many times in rugby, people get hold, held off a ruck and the, the opposition end up scoring a try. Your frustration, it's a bit like road rage. <laughs> you know, you, you fancy sitting there and not letting someone in just in a big queue of traffic, but if someone tries to push in, you're edging forward, going, I'm not going to let them in, I'm not going to let them in, that's wrong, they've, yeah, they've yeah. pushed past me. There's an element of that, I think. And you can see that a bit floor. with Waller's yellow card, you can see him on the bench after the incident, kind of going, oh my gosh, yeah. why, why did I do that? Well, we could like talk about this, though, <laughs> couldn't we, like, all night? Uh, that and, uh, and Chris Ashton's um, hearing. Um, you've got some tweets, though. Got I have, that. I've got some tweets. Uh, Ed Houston, this for you, Courtney, obviously. Um, would you rather win the European Cup with Northampton or go on the Lions tour? Oh, that's cruel. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> going, in, going in hard. I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to get myself in trouble. But... OK, fair enough. We'll take that as the Lions <laughs> tour, then. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd have said so. Yeah, yeah. OK, um, another question from Daniel Cure. What do you need to work on to get your starting slot back for England? Um, staying fit, probably. Um, I feel when I when I have a good run of games, I get into you know my best form, and and then it's you know I, I'd hope it's hard not to pick me. Does, so I, does Eddie Jones stay in conversation with yeah, with, with you guys? I've been or? speaking to him um, pretty much every week. Uh, he just sends me a text after every game to let me know what he, what he thinks. Um, mainly working on my ball carrying, getting back to where I used to be with that. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying hard, working hard for him, carrying a lot more ball uh, this season, and hopefully I can just crack on and touch wood, stay fit. Get back to some good form. Our next guest arrived at Welford Road after the 2015 World Cup as a little-known Tongan international with a proud history of unearthing real gems. The Tigers struck gold with this signing, fitting in perfectly with our major's attacking philosophy, of course. His dancing feet, quick hands and powerful running has made him one of the first names on Cocker's team sheets and a real fan's favourite. Winning newcomer of the season and player of the season last term, give it up for Talisa Veanu. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. So, you seem to be putting in, putting in, fitting in pretty well. <laughs> Amalgamated two words doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, you seem to be fitting pretty well to, to English rugby. You're enjoying the Premiership? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm just enjoying playing footy again. Um, the weather's a bit different, but apart from that, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm really enjoying my footy. What is it about a Tigers kind of, I guess, new philosophy last season that kind of suits the way you play so much? Because you've said yourself, they've really kind of got into your head, haven't they? And, what do you I th think? I think that um, I didn't realise how much the weather dictates, you know, the way they play here. But uh, with Aaron Major and, and Richard Cockrell, they've given me the the licence to just go out there and express myself. And also, if you have a look at the the backline that we have, you know, we've got guys like Manu, Peter Beetham, and experienced wingers like Tomo and Matthew Tate. Um, they do their job, and I just have to finish it. And hopefully, I don't uh, make them angry. <laughs> well, you finished it pretty well. You were a joy to watch last season. How did you? How did it all come about then? Because after the World Cup, you went home. Were you clubless at that point? Yes, I was clubless. Um, I went home and I was eating McDonald's for four days. Can't <laughs> <laughs> see. I was literally just chilling out. And then um, my bed and my phone died. Charged it up. And then I had all these calls. Uh, my agent said to get on the next flight uh, to Leicester Tigers. And uh, here I am. 
Well, I bet they're glad. And, and you only signed for six months, is that right, to start off with? Yeah. How soon into that six months did Richard Cockle go, right, we're going to extend this right now? Uh, Cockle's just said, oh, you're just here to hold the bags, mate, and, uh, <laughs> you know, make the numbers up, so, you know, I was happy with that. <laughs> and yeah, it made uh, a massive difference. Yeah. And, uh, two weeks in, uh, I had to play fullback, and um, I was freaking out. Actually, you're right, because it, it's not just you know, the, the stuff we see, but the space he creates for other people. Yeah. Because if you're worried about him, it used to happen with us and Jason Robinson, a similar sort of attacker from the back. When you're having a kick chase, you're thinking, well, I can't leave a bit of extra room for the, for the guy outside me because we'll get done in that space. So you, your whole chase narrows completely, and you have three guys uh, marking one, and then all they need to do is ship the ball a bit further on. So uh, just having that, that footwork and also... What we used to like about Jason Robinson was the ball would get kicked over your head, apart from the fact you'd get a big intake of breath from 80,000 people at Twickenham. But you knew that with their footwork, they could stay on their feet just long enough for you to get there. Sometimes when you see a fullback counter-attacking Jordan Murphy, <laughs> you'd panic a bit more. No, I'm only joking. Jordan was pretty good. But you'd panic a bit about, am I going to get back there in time if they get caught? But the guys with real footwork can at least buy you time as a forward to get there. Let's talk about the weekend then. Um, it was a win. Um, but was it the performance that, that you guys were after? No, not really. Uh, as you can see, we're, we're pretty, uh, pretty angry at ourselves and uh, the way we played, it wasn't the list of Tiger way and that's not the way that we want to play. Uh, yeah, as you can yeah. see, the most of the, we created a lot of opportunities that we didn't finish. It all came down to the, to the small things that cost, us, that cost us the big games, which is, you know, catch and pass. Yeah, I think the, the, the things that Leicester probably would be slightly worried about, they got out of jail with the, the miss from uh, Hodgson at the end. But the thing that Leicester will be most worried about is a lot of things that have been happening all season weren't right. So we saw Newcastle's first try, Freddie Burns coming out of the line a bit in midfield, creating a gap, a delayed pass. We saw the same at Gloucester. Um, and then absolutely what uh, Talisa was saying, those missed opportunities. A couple of times they got close to the line and Ben Youngs couldn't get the ball out. Uh, into the hands of the first receiver. We saw Ben Youngs go, um, go for a little uh, break himself. Um, I, th I think the other thing is, is just the amount of ball they're coughing up. I mean, they get so much attacking ball and they look so threatening. But when you're giving the ball up, it was interesting to hear what Cocker spoke about before the, before the game, just saying how their defence, and obviously they've conceded lots of tries, but equally a lot of it's come from turnover ball, um, just being a little bit sloppy. And I think if they can control the ball in attacking game a little bit more, not only will they be scoring more tries, but I think they'll be stifling opposition of scoring those tries up against them as well. Are you guys a little bit frustrated so far this season? Because your attack it was on point, wasn't it, last term? Yeah, well... Um... You were pretty angry at, at, at training today. It was, uh, was pretty tough. A lot of uh, contact sessions out there. But, you know, those, those little things are what wins big games, you know. Um, it's all about uh, semi-finals last year. And uh, we look back on those games and you don't need to change anything. You don't need, don't need to bring anything new. It's just the best at basics and uh, the basics cost us. Mm. Is, it, is it a good cop, bad cop situation when you don't play very well in terms of cockers and Aaron Major? Because Aaron always seems like quite, you know like, level-headed and, and, you know, doesn't go one way or the other. And I can just imagine what Richard Cockrell is probably like in the um, changing room. I'm so happy I'm not a Ford. I'll <laughs> give you that. <laughs> With Cox, I, I think they've been really good. Um, Cockers is uh, a straight shooter, so he'll tell you how it is. And if you're playing like crap, you don't. You just look at his face and you just walk the other way because you know he'll tell you. And with Mary, he brings a bit more uh, analytical side of things. You know, you'll look at the bigger picture. Mm. Yeah, it's a good balance, isn't it?
there were some thrilling performances and great tries throughout the weekend. But first, on Friday night, it was Sale who welcomed the only team to beat them at home last season. Where who? Gloucester. Correct. And I guess the huge positive for Gloucester is that that second half was much, much better than the second half against Leicester that we saw at the start of the season. They showed a lot of character and, and they, they just kept their heads. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Gloucester will feel they're playing that well, but um, they, you're absolutely right. When they needed to, they played the right sort of rugby away from home. Um, I thought Laidlaw was absolutely superb and his control of the game. You've only got to look at um, you know, some, some of the kicks he was putting in, just constantly pinning Sale back, particularly in that second half. And as the game went on, Sale got more and more frustrated, albeit losing their 10, which was a massive factor for them, ending up uh, with Mike Phillips in there, um, when you needed someone to wrestle that game control um, off them. But I, I thought he was absolutely superb. Yeah, I mean, with someone like Laidlaw and your team, I mean, Gloucester this season will, will win matches that they probably don't deserve to. When you've got a kicker that's that accurate, I think he's, like, he's kicked all his kicks this season. He's 38 out of 39, I think, isn't he? You know, across... The last few months. Yeah, he's kicked his last 16 goals, and I think when you're under pressure, they've been under pressure the last couple of weeks due to how they've actually been performing. You need your top players to step up. He's a senior player, he's their captain, and it was a perfect captain's game for him. They needed to steady the ship, make the right decisions, and execute their plays, and he executed a perfect game plan which allowed them to come away with the spoils. Um, Exeter Quinns then, I don't think it will be maybe a win that, that the Exeter fans will, will live long in the memory, but it was a win and they needed that to get up and running, didn't they? Yeah, well, it felt like they got their mojo back. It was great to see Exeter kind of attacking from their own half and that's what they're about. When they're confident, they attack from absolutely anywhere. They scored some great tries, allied with a bit of poor and pretty toothless defending from Harlequins at time. Cowan Dickey goes over a hat-trick, so they're certainly back, you know, back to exactly where they need to be for Harlequins. They've got to be a bit of concern, you know, one win from your, your opening three is a long season, but you kind of look at the fixtures and you kind of start to wonder where, where these wins are coming from. They play up against Saracens this weekend and uh, that's going to be pretty tough for them. I mean, Saracens, Wasps, Northampton, their next three games. Um, I do know they are working and operating a new attacking system this year, whether that's the players buying into it completely, whether it's actually suiting them, whatever it is, it's not quite working for them at the moment and they're, they're certainly not quite at the races yet. Denise, what have you made of Quinns so far, so far this term? Um, I think I'm just the same as uh, Igor here. I think they're... They've got all the talent in the world, but I don't think they're just quite gelling yet. I don't think when that comes, they'll be a dangerous team to, to play against. And, and, and let's go back to Exeter then, because Slade was obviously back at 12 to accommodate Steenson at 10, Witten at 13. Um, and that is that kind of like the, the, the midfield axis that they should yeah, be I having. don't know whether they were just trying it, uh, but certainly having that you know, extra ball player. So they've got three decent ball players in that sort of midfield axis. Uh, takes a little bit of pressure off Slade's 10, when he shifts out there, it gives him a little bit more time. He's still learning that trade. We don't know whether Eddie Jones sees him as a, a 10 or a 12 yet. His delivery and his decision-making at 12 seems to be absolutely superb. And we saw last season when he was in that position, the amount of tries he set up with miracle passes. And it just gives him a little bit more time. And perhaps in this country, we're a little bit too quick to pigeon someone as a 10 yeah. because they, they've got the ball skills. Whereas you go to Australia and you know, Leicester are about to get Matt Tamua, who's a, a, a guy that can play 10, but he's probably one of the best 12s in the, in the world at the moment because he's got that skill set, but he's also got the vision. It just, as a partnership, having a 10 and a 
Australians call it a second 5-8, just gives the 10 more time to make decisions and yeah, the, that 12 can make the decisions for him. What does Eddie Jones see Henry Slade as? I'm not sure. Let's face it, Henry Slade's an incredibly talented player. Um, I mean, just going back to what Ben said, I think a 10 and a 12 often have the same attributes. They, they're great vision, good passing skills and good kicking game. The difference is the amount of time they have on the ball. 10 takes a lot of pressure, pr pressure off that 12. He was outstanding. He was outstanding at 12 of the weekend. I like him there. He's a big ball carrier. He's, a, he's got a lovely set of hands, a, a fantastic boot. That axis between him and Steenson works really, really well for him. I like him at 12. The red card at the weekend yeah. then to Tom Francis. Um, we've heard he's we had a two-week ban as well. We've heard today. Yeah. Say yeah. it again. Yeah, you I say, and I disagree slightly on this. It's a soft, soft red card, but it is a clear-cut red card because we had Wayne Barnes on our first episode this season and he said one of the things we've told every single director of rugby, if, you accident if you're swinging for the ball and you accidentally click someone in the head and the one they showed was Joe Launchbury getting kicked in the back of the head, almost an identical clip as that, they said you're running the risk of a red card. So I know Ugo only disagrees because it's soft and it's by the, by the letter of the law. One thing I'd, I'd like to see is... Some of those accidental things are having too big a bearing on games. This, this didn't, but we've seen other ones. We saw um, the, the one at Worcester, um, you know, and, and the guy gets sent off, Worcester look on top, and suddenly 12,000 people go home disappointed. Could we have a way where the guy potentially still might get banned because it's a, a, a dangerous offence? but it's an enforced substitution. So you're still left with 15 mm. on 15. When it's an accident, yes, a little bit reckless, but when they've gone to do it, they haven't known anyone's going to get injured. Is the game going too soft, Courtney Laws? Um, this season, you're not even allowed to kick the ball out the ruck, so it's one of them, isn't it? If, if they tell you the rules at the start of the year um, and you don't get it right or you don't abide by them rules, you should get a red card, you should get the punishment that's, uh, that's due to you. So. I don't think that was a soft defence. I don't think you could just swing your foot a ball and a player's head be in the way, I think, you know. But, like, you go eight, was it eight or nine red cards in the eight. whole of last season? Already three this year. Yeah, time. and I think it's spoiling the game a little bit. I, I mean, the referees are there to implement the laws, so I don't have a problem with any of the referees given the decisions they're given. However, some of the laws... I mean, Thomas Francis, to be sent off for that... I mean, Danny's one of my best mates, and... And I'd always defend him, but it wasn't much of a kick. There was nothing in it. It was clearly going for the ball. His shins collided against him. Due to the laws, he's got to go. But you don't want to, like you say, go to Sandy Park, pack it out, and then see your team go down to 40 minutes. And the connotations of that, they could have potentially losing the game. I just think it's just a little bit soft. So it's more the laws being soft than actually allowing the players to be more competitive. Of course, players' welfare is paramount, but... Bit soft for me, and that's from a winger. <laughs> and as I mentioned, um, Thomas France has had a two-week ban. Um, we've just heard as well. So okay, let's move on to Bristol and Wasps then, shall we? Um, who wants to talk to me about that? Because Jeez. it was—it's uh, tough, isn't it? They've had a really tough start, Bristol, and, and, and not just in terms of the result, but the, the teams they played. You know, the start of the season is pretty brutal for them with their fixtures. It's tough coming back to the Premiership because. You think there's a, a golfing class, you know, we talk about the sort of golfing class cha championship against Premiership. It's not a golfing class for 80 minutes, but it's those five minutes or, you know, those couple of occasions where you switch off and suddenly two, three tries are, uh, are scored and then you're chasing yourself. Um, you know, Wasps, I think, have been absolutely superb this year. They're, they're probably the form team. Um, what I really like about them is the way they're 
although they're playing wide, they're going to the line and holding defenders. It's creating an enormous amount of space for the talent that they've got outside them. So Danny Cipriani's doing it, Jimmy Gopeth. They're going to the line and then they're playing out of the back. A lot of teams are just playing out of the back at the moment and trying to go around without holding anyone in the midfield first. So they look lethal. They're cutting teams apart. And um, although that's that might be the highest score they get this year, they'll also cut a lot of other teams apart, I think. Bristol, the nature of that defeat and the defeats they have, will they have to call in reinforcements? Yeah, 100%. I said it at week one. Um, they, they, seven year absence of the Premiership, and I'd have liked to have seen a few more star players. I mean, the Premiership's so tight, and you look at the signings up at Leicester, pick and roll at Northampton, right across the Premiership, you're seeing top teams develop their squads and add in world class players. I haven't seen that at Bristol. Obviously, there's rumours about Marn Nonu come in. He'll certainly come in and sprinkle that bit of stardust, what they need. But, I mean, getting tonked by 50 points, yeah, you, you've got to be slightly concerned, I think. Um, shall we have a look at your predictions then for this week? Yeah, so we? um, let's call them out. Predictions, round four predictions. Oh, you've gone for exactly the same. Yeah. Both gone for the same. Is that the first time that's happened? I think yeah. it is the okay, first time. Okay, so talk, yeah. us, talk us through it. I mean, the first one, Bristol against Exeter. Yeah, Exeter fairly comfortable. Gloucester, I thought, were really good last week and certainly bounced back. And the Harlequin Saracens, um, I've gone with my head over my heart on this one. Um, that fixture actually is the last time Maritoji lost the game, but um, <laughs> but the way they're playing at the minute, I think um, I think it should be a, a decent one. Yeah, I think Sale, Sale was a close one, but the, the injuries they've got at ten is, is quite a big issue for them, and, and and Worcester you just think might click at home. And the other big one, difficult one for me was was Leicester against Bath because Bath are on fire. Mm. Sorry, pleasure is Le <laughs> Leicester haven't been playing well all season. I can't remember the last time Leicester lost two on the bounce at home, which is, which is why they sh shaded it. But there'll be massive pressure on, on the boys and, and everyone involved in the club to, to deliver um, this weekend because you know, it'll be a huge thing. Big rivalry with Bath, obviously, over the years. Mm. And uh, as I said, Bath playing really well. It'll, it, it'll be a tough ask for them. And you've gone for Wasps over uh, to beat the Saints at Franklin's Gardens. Courtney, <laughs> do you want to like, crack on here? <laughs> That's a bit awkward. Yes, I feel no, like we I, should, uh... I didn't realise on the show. <laughs> 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 yeah, a bit embarrassing. Talk, talk, talk through it. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of go up against what's after scoring ten tries at the weekend. They, they've looked, they've looked brilliant. I mean, went to Welford Road, and for me, that was a massive statement of intent to the rest of the Premiership. They're, they're playing some good rugby. Northampton, I thought, were fantastic um, in terms of physicality and their intensity. But um, I think, but yeah, I think you know that Wasps are going to score tries or you're pretty convinced with the way they're playing at the moment they're going to score tries. We haven't seen enough of Northampton being able to match them if, if that happens. If it goes into an arm wrestle game that Courtney will want, then um, <laughs> I'm sure they'll back themselves. But on current form, that's why we went for Wasp. What have you guys been working on this week? With coming at the weekend. Can't say I'm afraid. Uh, you <laughs> 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 no, no, we just want to stay, um, you know, where we were physically. Um, I think if we can really take it to, to Wasp, that uh, we'll have a good shot. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're expecting to win. And so you guys are going to have to be a lot better than you were against Newcastle to, to pull off a win at home against Bath? Oh, yeah, we're just going to hold on to the ball and uh, build those phases, and uh, I'm sure the, the points will come. But um, it's going to be a tough ask for us, but it's a challenge that we're looking forward to. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. We'll be away for a couple of weeks, but make sure you tune back in for the next episode.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.